That'll do me. Clear eyes, full hearts, <laughs> can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts. That was me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm alone with my thoughts. I go to a dark place. That's absolutely right. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be on there. I wouldn't have been We're here. We're back. Uh, once again, look, it's a Friday night. You made us do it. Cool. I mean, it happened once and then people just won't let it go. Well, you made us do it because we were going to do it yesterday and you got home late from work. So I know. Thanks and a I was lot. tired. And you were tired too. You, honestly, you said, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little tired and said, that's all I needed to hear. That's true. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to take that out. I'm I mean, still tired though. So, yeah, I'm tired too. Thank you. But, I'm um, more tired. I get up at six. <laughs> I get up at five. Seriously, I get up at six. That's you? I, th- I thought we had a raccoon. Also, apologize for sounding more insufferably nasally than usual. My allergies are kicked up, I think. Mine too. Well, thank you, Andy. Thanks. Why don't we start on the right foot here and just to get into saying a few thank yous to everybody who we interacted with over the last week about the last episode through messages and whatever. Yeah, thank you guys um, for the reviews and the comments and DMs. Um, the consensus was that everyone can relate on some degree to having a ton of anxiety and having to deal with kids and just it's hard. Yeah. Um, so here is one of our reviews. I declare so relatable. All the sarcasm and dry humor gives me life. This podcast is so relatable. I sometimes think it's me and my husband talking to each other. Thanks for the laughs. Thank you, Caitlin underscore cheers, who sent that review in. Yes, uh, thank Apple you. Podcast, so, or whatever you call it, the Apple podcast, podcast. app. Um, if you want to leave one too, go ahead and go on there and give us five stars and a review and it'll make us feel good and it will make us feel better yeah thank you because I, I we did see a ton of messages coming through with people just saying oh my god i can't the, whatever you said at this point it was so funny or relatable and yeah truly I, like i, I think people like hearing about the mental health stuff the most because everyone's going through it so yeah and we got um a couple emails as well which um were pretty intense long and long and, yeah. and intense and people uh a couple people at least um kind of like really being vulnerable and exposing themselves and to us, which was like, geez, like I didn't know it's going to have that big of an impact or to be that relatable or helpful to people. So uh, we're going to respond to those in time. We just kind of was like, whoa, shocked. These people like really want our, our opinion or our take on things. So yeah. we're going to get to you and we might read one later also. So, but just thanks to everybody for that. Thank you. It's yes. really cool to see that it's we actually liked, can relate to somebody. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not just total weirdos, I guess. Semi. What's that? Semi. Semi weirdo, full blown weirdo, but relatable weirdo. So I think uh, a pretty constant through on a lot of the messages or mm-hmm. comments we get on Instagram, people have been really a- asking about or wanting us to, I guess, get into some of more of the special needs stuff. Yeah. It, I think it was just mainly dealing with it and how do we parent as special needs parents i I think it's just as a whole um so not so much general i don't think there's specific questions or anything like that but i think it's just like maybe talking about our experience with it right so not so much like the diagnosis ease or like 
what it means exactly, but just like what it means for us on a daily basis? I think maybe both. Oh. But I'm not positive, but we can do both. Okay, maybe we'll just start from the beginning and then... I am um, ready to do this! Jesus. Grab a chair. <laughs> Get a drink. I'm ready to make a point! Okay, so... Where okay. do you begin? So, um, it was February 8th. She was born. Blake. Blake. She was eight pounds, two ounces. No, I'm going, going way back further. <laughs> you can than fast I need forward to a go. couple years. So, actually, I will start by saying this. When I was pregnant with Blake, we did find out that she was going to be born with this thing called bilateral clubbed feet, which Great. is an issue in itself on top of all of the special needs stuff. Um, it's basically when your your feet are in turned inward, and so it's kind of like, uh, like walking on your almost. ankles. Yeah, like if a you, golf yeah. club. Yeah. The bottom of your foot is like facing... It's not hitting the ground. It's like facing to the side. Yeah, it's going like inward. Um, so we had to have lots of um, ultrasounds to just kind of make sure that everything was progressing right, I guess. Well, because very rarely, but yeah. sometimes it could be a symptom of something more serious. But more often than not, it's it's just I think it's an isolated kind of related thing. to heart issues in some of the more serious cases. I guess so. But for her, it was it was just an isolated thing. It was yes. just the feet. And but even then, we were like pretty devastated just learning <laughs> that news, just because we knew it would be. Like, it was so our hard first her. kid too, so it's very much. It's right. still it's all scary, and then adding something else on onto it where you don't know anything about it, and you have to Google it, and then you wish you didn't, and it's just a bunch of um, stuff that you have to deal with that you don't want to. Yeah, it's just a it's just a a really really long healing and recovery process when you're tr if you try to fix it, which of course, who would not try to have it corrected, you know? But it's just right. a really long process. So like they tell you a week after she's born, she's gonna come back into the hospital and she's gonna have. Uh, cast put on her legs mm -hmm. to start a casting process, which it was every week they changed them. They changed them every week for three months. Three months. So every week they would yeah. turn them, kind of force Slightly. them mm -hmm. back to where they should be a little bit more, and then they would be they would be set in a cast, holding that position mm -hmm. to like stretch it back, and then a week later you'd come back, they'd turn it more, put a cast on that, and then the final cast was on for like two months three yeah months. it was no it was a f it was like three weeks and it was just over correcting and then they had the braces that she had to wear okay but before the cast came off they did like a tendon release yeah which is it was they, just a super minor in office yeah but they they basically sever the achilles tendon yeah in order to be able to stretch it even more mm -hmm. and then when it's sitting inside the cast for those few weeks the tendon can like refuse to itself but it'll just be elongated mm -hmm. and that was supposed to basically fix it after the cast she goes into wearing this brace thing that's kind of like looks like she's standing in a snowboard yeah but there's no board there it's just kind of like a bar between her two feet and she had to wear that for 23 hours a day for three months three months and mm -hmm. then it went to 12 hours a day who knows it's nebulose i think so so it's like for another half three the months day. and then it just got to the point where she could wear it at night only right and that was for a few months and then that was for a couple of years you son of a bitch oh that for at night it was at a night was a couple, was a couple years, years yeah. yeah and then they told us that if if everything looked good by the way the whole time her 
doctor is saying that she's like the model patient. Yeah, the example of like how well this treatment works. Uh huh. And then he the whole time he was saying if she keeps this progress up by her whatever birthday it was, fourth birthday or something. Third or fourth, yeah. That she can be done with the braces. So we get to that birthday, it comes and goes. She goes to a visit. He says, Everything looks great. And we're like, So we're done with we're done then. He was like, Yep, you guys don't have to use the brace anymore. Um just come back for your checkups every six months and we'll go from there. What, like a year later, her feet start turning back in again? Yeah. And then we're like... What the hell's going on? So we go and like, <laughs> they seem to be like turning back in. And he's like, well, you know, you guys did stop using the brace early. Yeah, he tried to blame it on us. Yeah, I'm mean, like, you like, said... We did everything we were told to do. We wouldn't not do it if from you told the beginning, us to. It was like, at this age, if everything's good, you stop. And the whole time it was been like passing with flying colors every time. There was never a complication. So we took it off. A year later, they kind of turned back in. And then he tried to be like, well, you guys should have been using the brace for this whole year. And we were like, but you told us we could stop. Like, we would never stop doing it unless you said we could. One of the most significant bummers of my lifetime. Then it went on and on. And then it got worse and worse. So then we went in for a surgery. Yeah, when she was five. Correct. It was Valentine's Day, actually, two years ago that she got that surgery, and it was basically to move the muscle to the other side. There's a muscle that, like, runs on the inside of your foot that was basically pulling pulling it so mm-hmm. tight that it was forcing it back inward. So they took that muscle that's really tight. They cut it off of the inside of your foot, move it to the outside of your foot so that it will still be pulling really tight, but it should be working for you, mm-hmm. pulling the foot flat. So then they do that, and then she's in casts, these big, like, thigh-high casts for how long? I want to say two or three months. And she's in a, wheel, she's in a wheelchair, too. Because Twelve at weeks. At this point, she's a big kid. She's, she's five. Big. And she's in a wheelchair, so, like, we're doing everything for her. She can't do anything. The casts come off. They're, th- they're casts that are um, up to the thighs, and her knees are bent. So she... Has to get picked up to go to the bathroom, and our bathroom is not huge, so we couldn't like wheel the um, wheelchair in there, and it was a struggle. And she's a big kid. She's a big kid. So, um, anyway, so the cast come off. We think, okay, we're at least we're finally done with this. That was supposed. That surgery was supposed to be the fix. That was supposed to fix everything. It was supposed to be the thing that like worked. And like six months later, the feet were like turned back in again. Yeah. So this is an ongoing thing still. Th- this know. is still something. Yeah, she doesn't do anything for it now. She's she should be wearing these um, braces, uh, but she doesn't. She doesn't want to wear them. They're uncomfortable. I don't blame her. She knows how to take she them off. She can't keep them off because they can't keep them on because they just have little Velcro straps. So she takes them off. So they suggested I think once like to put them on and like duct tape them on or something like that, but. I- she would just kick and scream until we came and took them off, basically. Yeah, like I don't want her to be anymore. hurting either. And she shouldn't have to be doing it, first of all, because we did everything we were told. Yeah. And they said it would be done two years ago. So she's probably going to um, have another surgery later on when she's a little bit older and her bones are a little bit older since she's still growing. I guess they said if they did another one now... It would probably just happen again anyway since yeah. it's happened the They'd first time. They'd have to do so. something with the bone this time, I think. Who knows? Or I honestly don't know what, what they're going to have to do, but I'm I'm pissed. 
Yeah, it sucks because she can't get around. She kind of hobbles can't around. Run. I mean, she can run, but her left foot is very severe to the point where she's just walking on the side of it. So her, the side of her foot has like a huge callus. Yeah, she is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and she can't keep up with her sister. And she's kind of un, like uncoordinated as yeah. it is. So adding that to it, she's not really good on her feet anyway. But, it, you know, she is not weighed down by it. She, you know, she no never seems to feel like less than or like she can't do something because of it. But we know that that's the problem. So that's why it upsets us. But that's just. That's one thing. <laughs> And then around like two years old, two and a half, yeah, two and a half years old, she got um, diagnosed with autism and um, that sucked. It blew chunks. It was terrible. Yeah. I mean, she was like hitting all her goals up until about a year and then we noticed she kind of plateaued and then wasn't like reaching all the goals or like her speech was delayed pretty severely and other things. Very severely. And she just kind of. Just all the the obvious like symptoms it was never like severe severe, but it was definitely it was obvious. See, I just remember her always being like a happy kid, and like loved people, but also wanted to do her own thing and was into kind of like she wouldn't play with toys typically, really, you know. Yeah, she and, never um, she never played with toys like you were supposed to, and she was never spoke. It was just complete gibberish which and i remember like trying to talk myself into like oh yeah this is fine or i would ask like family members like is this normal and they're like oh yeah you girls take a little bit of time to talk or i don't know well that's the thing like you everybody you're trying to convince yourself yeah it's going to be fine and mm-hmm. then of course your family and loved ones would do the same so yeah as much as you as much as they're trying to help, it's not helpful. So uh, if you're at, in any way have a curiosity or some sort of hunch that there might be uh, something there, I would say you have to take everything, even what you tell yourself, with a grain of salt. Because, yeah, you know, you're always trying to t- convince yourself that, well, this will pass, you know, because we did that, too, because we knew way before we knew, yeah, we knew there was something and we just kept telling ourselves well, everybody said that their kid was like this too, and now they're fine, so maybe she'll and be fine. It was kind of weird. I think it was just something that wasn't really spoken about because we knew, but we didn't really. I mean, we would say, like, why is she not talking or whatever? But when we would go to like different family functions, and she's clearly like, you know, not acting typical, and she has um, a cousin who is six months older than her, and mm-hmm. she was not acting like how her cousin was, and I think it was just kind of like one of those things. I mean, everyone probably had to know something, but no yeah. one said anything. It was kind of like that. Because they're hoping that. for the best, too. Right. Everyone's... Well, you don't know how to act in that kind of situation. Plus, nobody has experience, so they don't yeah. know. No, no one can I mean, say. It's, it's not on anybody else no. you know, to get that um, clarified either. But No way. So... Yeah, like you said, she was so happy and content, but mm-hmm. she was just always kind of in her own world and didn't have interest in like interacting with the other kids her age. So that was another thing. It was like, she's not difficult, so well, maybe she's just very eccentric. She, that's the thing is like, I don't know if this is how we would have been if it was a quote-unquote typical situation, but I just remember having to always be on top of her for everything that she was doing. She was putting everything in her mouth. 
Right. Longer than she should have been. Longer than she should have been. So I think going um, to different places was like very hard, very like taxing on both of us, like mentally and physically having to just like hover, literally be right there, like hovering over her, worried that she was going to put something in her mouth that she shouldn't have and choke or who knows what it was i just remember being very exhausted yeah run off but and and then that last when she did progress a lot that had become such a habit for us that we were still doing it when it wasn't really so necessary and that became i still find myself doing it now i just still do it sometimes too and like so i have to tell myself like let her go or don't like be so protective because like she's come so far like you can sort of shut that switch off you don't have to be so protective but yeah yeah, we were stuck you always want to get in a rhythm and a pattern you know Uh no matter how like awful or taxing or um tiring or difficult it is so everything's made a little bit easier when it's a routine so we just made a routine that we're gonna go like the extra mile on everything (laughs) you know being protective and whatever so we just set that as autopilot and went and when it was far past the time where we could have pulled back on it a ton, we didn't even think about if we should or not because we were just setting a routine to try to keep things sane. Right. And it it got to the point where, like, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything right. either. E- even to, like, family functions because it was just too hard. Like, I just remember taking her and it would just be a lot of work. I don't well, we think anybody really understood either because they're not in the situation of right. course you and know. then it was kind of wouldn't be fun for anybody you become extremely isolated yeah. that way too but also um which i think we'll get more into that in a little bit but little bit, yeah. we uh we just kind of started talking amongst ourselves like there's no point to go to this dinner because we're gonna go there mm-hmm. she's not going to sit like the rest of us like her, the other kids that are her age or like a year older she'll just well, basically, one of us will be standing outside with her while she just kind of walks around and plays. And the other one will be at the table alone. So we'll be taking turns, basically. Which I know is a typical parent thing to do, but... For, like, a real young kid. For but a, yeah. This became... It was more involved than that, to where it was basically the last few times we went out with a, our family or whatever, it would be... <laughs> we'd go to the restaurant... And then the three of us, me, you, and Blake, would be, like, outside the whole time while everyone ate. And then, Mm -hmm. so we'd say hello. They'd go in and eat. We'd just kind of, like, hang out in the lobby or outside watching her. And then we'd say goodbye when everybody left. And it was like, what? There's no, this is. What's going on right now? One, it feels shitty to be here and not be able to be with everybody. Yeah. And then to see other kids, which is no fault of theirs, but to see them thriving and progressing and going, well, my, my kid's falling further and further behind. It really makes you feel shitty. Oh, my God. You know, and to see other people yeah. being able to have a good time and have their, their kids just sit there at the table and to know you're no, you're nowhere near that. No, yeah. I was I was going to say that. when So she first got diagnosed at two and a half. I remember the day. It was July 30th, um, 2014. 14? Yeah. I just remember feeling like, okay, good, because now we know what we can do. I, I mean, we knew it from the beginning. I think we, like we were saying, we always knew. But I think like having s- someone, a neurologist, um, confirm it. Who we paid a lot of money still, to. Still, yeah. 
um, still kind of was a punch in the gut. But um, like it you was, were but saying, then it was like if she had said no, it wouldn't have made her. It wouldn't have fixed anything. We're like, okay, so now we need to keep searching for what this is. Then yeah, it would have. So a yes was like, okay, good. Now we have an answer. Now we can get going. It was still overwhelming. Like yeah, it was what now? What do we do? It was devastating. What do you do for it? And she gave us a list of you know recommendations and and stuff and um very overwhelming i think it's overwhelming to be a, f- a, a first-time parent to begin with because you don't know what you're doing and then to throw that on top of it with the feet thing that's still going on still in the process it, of trying it to was do that. a lot and so like and we had a two-month-old at the time she was diagnosed at two and a half and olive was two or i'm sorry two months yeah so it was a lot of but shit But also, going it, on. both things, like with the club feet and the autism, it, each one made the other one harder. So every time you went in for yeah. like anything that had to do with the autism, you had to mention, well, she also has club feet, so that's why they're trying to do all these evaluations, like her, her growth motor skills, her fine motor skills. Like, well, you know, she can barely walk because of this, so keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And then when they're doing stuff for the club feet and they're asking her questions and want to know, well, how does she do this? How, how does she do that? Is she getting along? We'd have to be like, well, you know, she has autism, so because they're not trying be doing... to directly talk to her right. and ask her questions, and we're like, no. Like, By the way, for the tenth time, she doesn't speak, so you can't ask or her. She's questions not about comprehending her... what yeah. you're saying right now, at right. least, or can't communicate that way. She's not having conversations. She has memorized words that she uses to communicate, but she doesn't. She doesn't have a back and forth. She doesn't have a dialogue yet. Yeah. So you have to stop asking her questions. And you, and those Just, things you're asking her to do, she yeah. couldn't do those things anyways because she has this other thing. So it was just always compounded and terrible. It was completely overwhelming, and I talked about it before, but that's when I had my breaking point, I think, because it was just so much onto one. But what you were saying about seeing um, other families with um, typical kids and not wanting to be around it, no fault for, on their own or their end because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was the same way when she first got diagnosed. I didn't want to go anywhere or see anybody because I just had like the biggest chip on my shoulder about it. And honestly, when, I still do sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, but also, and of course there are so many people with a much harder lot in life, but still when you have something going on, and people become aware of it, it's all they want to talk to you about. So yeah. when you come to the Christmas party to try and maybe get a couple hours of like just a break from that, all anybody wants to talk about is, so how's like, like what's she doing now? Or like, she's doing so well. And I know that those people that do that, they mean well, mean well, they, they all mean well, but you know, it's not for a long time. It did define who we were, I think, because we, that's all we were doing, but it's not who we are. Like, we're not that, like, I, I always say, like, I, I hate the term autistic and a lot of people don't understand that. But for me, it's like, she's not autistic. She is just a girl that has, that has autism, right? you know? She's, she's Blake first and she, and she has autism as well, you know? Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't define And her. I'm never going to celebrate it either. And that's another thing I wanted to say. And that pisses some people off, but I'm never going to, um, 
celebrate autism and say it's amazing and say it's great and it's a blessing because it's fucking not. It's it's terrible and it's totally changed our lives and we've sacrificed everything and... And the person who's really going to, you know, miss out the most on it, well, you never know, but like it's not because of what we're giving up or like, you know, I mean, we're not giving up anything really it may be like an idea of what we thought it was going to be like but still like well it, it yeah. i don't celebrate it either although some of her best qualities happen to come from it but it's still i wouldn't wish it on her no well what i was gonna finish was i'm not gonna celebrate that that's just me but i'm always gonna celebrate her of course like absolutely in my opinion if she didn't have autism, I don't think it would change who she is. I think she'd still have no. the same quirky personality. I think she'd still be hilarious and smart and, you know, just love loving yeah. animals and loving people. I, I, I always want to put her first before that. Like, that's not who of course. she is. And I want to celebrate her overcoming this hurdle. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what it is. It's not going to keep her from being able to do... Uh, virtually anything it's mm -hmm. just going to be she's going to have to figure out another way to do it just like anyone else with any other sort of disability right and i think um the whole having a chip on my shoulder and stuff you it's weird but you go through like the grief stages in in some you know in with something like this you do and i think you you do that throughout the lifetime our lifetime. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Because for me, I was definitely, I, I think I was in denial in the beginning when we didn't like know what was going on. And then very angry that like, why we know, we know people that have like kids that are totally typical and their parents are garbage. Is you know what I mean? Garbage. We did everything right. We're good people. I think probably yeah, I don't bad know. people that have like good kids that are thriving <laughs> and not necessarily that they're good but you know they don't need um they haven't gone through all this stuff that she has had to go through right you know what i mean yeah and of course like just sad and angry and depressed and you know now it's kind of like you go through a, 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 a you go through patches of like sometimes thinking about like what could have been or what what might have been or what, and then you start really getting, You don't want to go down that road yeah, too and then far you start because getting, you can get really muddy going right, down that road. But then at the same time, I start thinking like, well, man, I, I wouldn't want her to be any different than she is now. I just would want her to have less um, challenges. challenges. Yeah. So that's, that's the part that's, you try That's not to focus part. on too much because you're like, man, she didn't ask for any of this. Like, there's nothing she did to cause this, but she's going to have challenges her whole life because of it. But uh, luckily, she has a, a good support system here. And, and then you kind of start to think, well, man, I don't want to start looking too far down the road because. That's the thing is, like, I think that that is what used to upset me all the time because I would just be like, well, is she ever going to get a job or get. Will she be able to take care of herself? Because will she be able to take care of herself? Live somewhere? Drive? Will she be able to have like a relationship, uh, um, yeah. a healthy like sex life? Even and that's weird to think about when they're your kid. But when you have all these obstacles that you have to go through now, that that's just shit you think about. Yeah, and 
but I try not about. to think too far like that. I just right, try to take it like day by the day. Thing, the worst thing to think about is like what happens when we're gone. No. You know, like is there somebody <laughs> no. around that's going to help take care of them if they still need it? I mean, I I think they're getting better and better every day to where like I think they'll be okay, but they're still going to need someone just mm-hmm. to like you know be there and. So, yeah, and you try not to go that far down that road. Don't. (laughs) Something you were just saying a minute ago that I wanted to talk about. Oh, right. Like, the thing that I really think about all the time is, like, her being able to comprehend things. Like, all I want is to just have, like, a, a true, which we do almost for the most part, but not entirely have, like, a real back and forth like dialogue yeah to where like i can say and ask anything and she'll respond and just to be able to like to know that i am like instilling will i ever be able to impart wisdom the little bit that i might have onto her will Mm -hmm. i will she ever be able to love me you know yeah Is, is she capable of feeling that or not of course you can tell by how she interacts is you know will she ever be in a place where she can understand or comprehend the amount of love that i have for her will will i ever be able to i can express that to her obviously when i do daily but will she ever be in a place where she can understand what that is or you know like if anything else i just want to somehow get through to her how much i care about her you know, and I, mm-hmm. I sometimes it bums me out to think she may not ever feel that from me because she may not be capable of knowing what that is. Am I am I just the guy that gets her the food and puts her to bed <laughs> and gets her the stuff she needs? I don't know. We haven't we haven't gotten there yet, but I'm hoping that as she yeah. grows, we'll be able to converse more and have a dialogue, and she'll be able to hopefully express those things back to me and express that she understands how much we care about her yeah well that's what i was going to say so she was diagnosed at two and a half we what i'm getting at is how much progress she has made since she was diagnosed so she she was diagnosed um we started aba therapy in home for 12 hours this Um, everything is different in every like county right not even just state but like counties are different well i know that I'm pretty positive California is like the best state for all of like therapy type stuff. But so what I'm saying stuff. is like everything you're saying might be different to some for somebody. Might be I t- don't labeled something different. Um, or is it state like ABA is? I think is pretty known. It's a worldwide thing, or at least like a nationwide nation. Yeah. Term. Okay. Um, I don't know about county. I think it's kind of all the same. I'm not it's sure. It's behavioral therapy, basically. Yeah, it's behavioral therapy, yeah. Um, so she started that two and a half for 12 hours through uh, an ABA company. Actually, it wasn't even specifically ABA. It was like speech, occupational. It it was a... Uh, ABA was under the umbrella of it, so they didn't really specialize in it. So um, uh, we started doing that, and she was making some progress, and then we, we found out that she needed to be getting more hours and could be Way getting more, more hours... A lot more. So we decided to... By the way, to, they're going to offer you... As minimal. Because they have to yeah. pay for it. No one wants to... No one is going to want to so pay for this. So they're going to say, well... The insurance doesn't want to pay. The state doesn't want to pay. They're going right. to give you shit. The first offer is the lowest 
thing possible, hoping you'll take it. You you basically have to turn into a monster to get anything for your kids. And I remember and you speaking to multiple people yeah. asking them, what do you do? And they all, different people who I didn't really know each other, they all said, you have to fight yeah. harder than ever because they're not going to give it to you. And then until you keep fighting and fighting and fighting, and then they'll say, okay, fine, here's 35 hours of therapy. Get out of my office. I think that was the worst thing was like, constantly on the phone constantly trying to deal with this shit is just so much and having to like do all this therapy on top of that also while having a little baby (laughs) olive who's still here which is a whole other issue but um uh so we were able to go with another company who specialized in aba therapy and they were actually kind of a newer company so um everything was able to get set up really quickly and we got 35 hours a week. Um, so we had a therapist in the morning from eight 30, um, to 12. And then we had an hour break for lunch. And then we went from one to five 30 and that was every day. That was Monday, Monday through, through Friday. Friday. And she had the same two therapists for over two years. And which is like from, everyone telling me is like completely unheard of. I mean, we like lucked out with the therapist. Because a lot of people that get into that is usually like a stepping stone or a jumping off point to another career they're really trying to go for. Or another position. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like a higher up position. So like there'll be Mm -hmm. a therapist for as long as it takes to get like the credentials they need to get a promotion to something else. So there is a lot of moving around and we got lucky even at that company because we were about to go somewhere else yes we we were in the end stages of going to a completely different i happened to be following this random dude on instagram who posted posted something randomly of his wife saying that she like runs this business and i clicked on the link and it was for uh autism specific like behavioral therapy company and i was like Mm -hmm. look look at this one like i didn't even know this and they're like right up the street yeah. And we ended up going there and that's where she met her therapist who ended up being just perfect for her. So it was like, we got lucky there because we almost ended up somewhere else. We would have never met those people. She probably would have had a different therapist every three months. So at least I contributed something. Yeah. <laughs> at least oh inst- something like, good came from being on Instagram that, all the time. The, yeah. Well, now the place where she was getting the 35 hours a week, it's still, she doesn't have therapy anymore now. Um, that place got bought out by a bigger umbrella, I guess. I, I don't even know how to call it. But anyway, um, yeah, she had the two same therapists for almost two and a half years, which is just amazing. I mean, they and I will say this forever, they like completely changed the game for her with everything that she's able to do and comprehend. And It was just tiny little steps until she got to them, and they kind of just completely understood one of them they had two different styles but one of them was like they were like the best of both worlds i guess one was doing uh one was really strict and it was um the afternoon uh therapist and she needed that she needed it i didn't want it for her i remember the first day that that therapist got here and she had her session and she left and i told justin i was like i don't like her Right. She's not coming back. Like, I do not like her. And you told me, like, wait it out. Let's see what happens. And she was, like, the best thing that for her. She really needed her. Right. 
and then uh, her other therapist, her morning therapist, was like, um, I think just gave her confidence, mm-hmm. maybe to and like to Very be curious like, about learning and, yeah. and wanting to. So and it, a lot of it is um, play based. I think people get kind of turned off with ABA, which I completely understand because it can be really invasive and um, strange and. For us, I, I think it was the therapist. So I, I, ABA might, you know, not be a good fit for every kid. It, it might not work. Um, but I, I definitely think that it depends on the therapist. And they did a lot of play-based. So it wasn't like super structure table, like you need to be doing this, 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 like a drill sergeant. It was a lot of like they went with her flow and I think that that is like what helped her a lot. And then, so, um, it got her, you know, speaking and as time progressed, like sentences, she learned emotions. I mean, she had, she had to learn who everybody was. She didn't even know we were mom and dad. She didn't know Olive was her sister. She, She had to learn us through pictures I mean, I completely forgot all of that. There's so much that they <laughs> There's did. There's so much that goes into it that... Basically, everything that you you do just do naturally yeah. as you grow, everything that your kids learn naturally as they get older, none of it happened naturally. So it'd be like having to remind yourself to blink or swallow or, you know, like those things you just do involuntarily, your body, they just yeah. do them. For her, like mentally, none of these things fired naturally she had to like it'd be like like i said i don't know a better way to say it but like she'd have to mentally tell herself to blink i mean not not physically blink but like it'd be like the same thing the equivalent to yes, that none yeah. of these things were happening naturally she had to learn to do them uh, intentionally basically and so while she was doing the therapy every day all day long which was basically like a full-time job for her, a full-time job for me, because I was in on every single session. I was in there the whole entire time. I did all of like the parent stuff that you had to do. Um, she started going to a social skills class, um, every Friday in the morning, which was great for her. But also the, the shitty thing about all of that is Olive was kind of not left to herself because she was a baby, but my parents watched her a lot of the time or, you know, I would have to like be in her room with her. And, um, I don't even remember her as a baby really, to be honest, because we were so engrossed into like making sure that Blake was going to progress and everything was going to be okay with her that all of, um, took a backseat. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's true. We were just, there was just no more, there's just nothing left to give. I mean, it was, I feel terrible about that. And I don't know if that's another reason of why maybe she's so like amped, you know, and anxious and well, like needy, extremely needy though. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she Who knows? had, she was a baby, but she, she was, she was good at times around. and then really bad at times. Like she didn't have some of the issues that Blake did, but then she had her own that were separate. So it wasn't even like, well, we'll just keep doing what we were doing with Blake with all of us. Like, this is a whole other game. Well, we we're didn't even know her. at that, at that point, um, she was her, Blake was slept, started sleeping through the night at 10 months old. And that was the very first night we tried to like put her to sleep in her own bed. Mm-hmm. She cried for about 30 seconds and fell asleep and slept through the night at 10 months. 
So we could have done that maybe at eight months. We don't know. Like yeah. the first night we tried and said, we're just going to leave her in her crib till she falls asleep. Mm-hmm. She fell asleep in less than a minute. And it's like, well, how many months did we go <laughs> where we could have been just ourselves. doing this? No. Yeah, because she would be up like multiple times through the night if we like rocked her to sleep. But the first yeah. night we said, you're just going in your crib and you go to sleep. Uh, and she did. Olive had to be rocked to sleep until she was like two and had to be, we had to go into her room multiple times a night mm-hmm. up until then. And then she slept through the night from two to three. And then from three to present day, she has not slept through the night. Except she, it's Friday night and she is asleep in her bed right now, but which I thought she was going to be. at some point, maybe like one, two in the morning, she will come into our bedroom. Yes. So. Off topic. But <laughs> so Blake is progressing at this point. It's been, let's say it's been a couple years and now um, she doesn't really need therapy anymore because she's progressed so much. She is starting school. Um, but now Olive, we're noticing that her speech is delayed. Um, she is not really doing the same things that Blake was like, um, hand flapping and, uh, um, not really non-responsive. Yeah. Um, so we had her evaluated too. This was back in 2017, November of 2017. Yes. Um, and she got diagnosed with autism as well. So we're like, oh, right. Great. Fuck. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anything cool, cool, else cool. you want to just throw um, in here? Like, who yeah. has cancer? I am totally and completely kidding. It's actually not funny at all. It's incredibly painful. Uh, anyway, so, but she was older than Blake was when she got yeah. diagnosed. Um, because a lot of things that Olive could do at that age, Blake couldn't do. So we were like, oh, maybe she doesn't have autism maybe she's just delayed in speech and when again you go to your family and say well did you have this what do you think you know in my family especially i don't know if there was as much of a history of it with you or you had anything to 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 not like with your family no basically all the kids in my family were late to speak you know we had speech delays um i I don't think it was ever like an, an issue that was addressed like i basically all of it is exactly who i am I think I said in the last episode, mm-hmm. I was the same as her. I, I was out of control, and I can tell you now that I was just full of anxiety and like, f- just felt like burning, like my body, like energy through the roof, hyperactive, clearly ADHD, which was probably, which I mean, it was a thing back then, but like if you had said it, they would have just laughed at you, where I came from especially. It would have yeah. been like, no, he's just hyper, like let him run. Like, yeah, but my brain's on fire. So right. just all the symptoms she has and a lot of st- the stuff they say about, you know, in the traits of Blake, too, is like, okay, well, th- you're kind of like, feels like you're describing me right now. So I feel bad, like I said, because all of this kind of like got all the same stuff as me going on. So it was kind of obvious that there was going to be something there. But even the neurologist said like mm-hmm. she has technically a diagnosis of autism but it's probably just a really high diagnosis of ADHD but you can't get any help for that yeah and she said we can't really um tell either because her speech is really lacking once she gains speech it it 
probably will get bumped down to like ADHD or, or whatever. Right. But if we tell you ADHD right now, you're not going to get anything. She won't get any assistance from anyone right. to get any sort of help. So if we say she has autism, which she probably technically does, mm-hmm. some really high functioning form of, although in the autism world, some people do or don't like the term high functioning or things like that. Right. I don't care. It describes it. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Come up with a better way it. to describe it, and I'll say that. Just yeah. tell me what to say. But until then, that's what it is. She's not severe. So they kind of threw us a bone that yeah. way, and like we'll give you this diagnosis, which is true, but she's probably she's probably going to lose the diagnosis when she's a little bit older. But if you want to get help, like with therapies and things like that, you're going to need this diagnosis. So here it is. Know that it's like very very high functioning, probably just like severe ADHD. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, come back in a few years, get re- reevaluated. She'll probably lose the lose um, the, diagnosis, the diagnosis, maybe, or get you know ADHD instead or whatever. But yeah, so even her neurologist was like, "Take this diagnosis so you can get everything that you need to get because it's going to benefit her regardless." Which it is. She's in therapy right now, um, and I th- think she's sixteen hours a week. She's not as much as as Blake was doing, but she didn't need it really like Blake did. Um, but the cool thing is, is one of the therapists that we had for Blake is the same one that we have now for Olive, which is crazy. That never happens, but it happened to work out that way. And it almost didn't happen. It almost didn't too. happen. Yeah. But, but everything like, place. I don't know how the hell we lucked out both times, but I'm not questioning it. I'm just going with it. No, I mean, it sounds weird to say we got lucky yeah. after everything we just described. Because it uh, doesn't feel that way. I, but it, Another thing with this, too, like you can get really woe is me um, every now and yeah. then. And you can feel like, man, this sucks. Like, this is the worst to have to deal with this. Like, why do we have to do this? Why would anyone have to do this? But especially us, like we didn't do anything wrong. Like, we don't deserve this. And then you see other cases that are just so f- more severe and then... A weird thing is you can feel a lot of guilt when you have kids with autism because you start comparing. You compare yourself to typical families. You wish you had what they yeah. had or mm-hmm. you covet you know, their lifestyle, what they're able to do. And while you're complaining, you can hear somebody behind you going, excuse me, um, my kid's 12 years old and he's not potty trained. So if you want to stop complaining now. He's not potty trained. He's not speaking. He's Yeah. And then you go, God damn it. Yeah. Why am I complaining? Or Yeah. I just end up feeling like terrible because I know that it could be so much harder than what it is. Mm -hmm. And And it was, it was in the beginning, but. And then you feel bad for wanting more. It's so weird. For wanting it to be better. It's It's a really weird feeling. So I feel mad that I have this. And then I also feel guilty because I know there are people who wish they had it as good as us. Right. It's a w- really weird feeling and, and the emotions are all, all over the place and I don't think it ever really stops, but you definitely can get into the woe is me. I felt like that in the beginning and I, f- I feel like that throughout. At I'm this sure point, I'll feel I'm like more, that throughout my lifetime. Right now I'm more like, I don't know if it's like why don't people like care more or understand more. I guess kind of like that because like when people are uncomfortable it mm-hmm. seems like some people sometimes get are just uncomfortable with like differences, you know, like you yeah. make people uncomfortable by being different and then they treat you not poorly, but just like they don't know how to treat you. They think they need to treat you differently. Right. They, so 
and they don't know how that is, so they, they just kind of like disappear. Oh, Sometimes. are you talking about friends and family? Because yes, that happens. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's this has taken longer than I thought, so I don't know if we're well, going to do that today. But we could. Yeah, but look, you definitely find out who your friends are, who your um, family is when you're going through some shit. I I will say, if you know of somebody that is going through something awful, <laughs> um, don't disappear on them. Don't hide. Even if you don't know what to say and you feel awful and, and guilty because you're not going through something similar, that's the last thing that they need. I mean, they need you there. Even if it's just to sit or listen or whatever. And look, this wasn't normal for us either. No. But it has to become normal for you. So if you have family members who have it, who are dealing with the same thing, you know, let whatever their normal is, you become desensitized to it in a good way too like let mm -hmm. that become normal for you as well because we didn't we'd never been around kids with any sort of disability before right. and theirs is i mean not nearly as severe as most like when you hear the word disability you definitely don't think autism i never would have thought i that. wouldn't have either it's so it's i mean this is all just semantics you know i like, would call it what you want mm -hmm. it definitely is a shitty feeling to feel kind of like well we're everyone just thinks like we're uh just like weird or like contagious or something i don't know mm. it's not the right word but i just feel like they don't know how they they think they need to be acting a certain way but i they mean just... some people you come in contact with that and once they yeah. find out that this is when you're dealing with like we said earlier it's all they want to talk to you about all they want to talk they about or they're they very like Oh, I'm so sorry. Which, you know, yeah, it does suck, but... Um, but I didn't ask for that from you. Like, I don't need yeah, that. Yeah, I don't need your sympathy. No. <laughs> Fucker. Just be a good person. Just treat my daughter like anyone else. That's all you need just to do. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. My daughters now. Daughters. I was referring to in the beginning when it was just Blake, but... But I think... Like, so we went through a lot of years of, like, doing the therapy that was just, like, very intense. We were at home doing it, progressing, and then it, um, a year or two ago, we finally got to the point, I think, where we were, like, comfortable going places and doing things and going to restaurants again. And Hi, I'm Date Mike. Nice to meet me. Even to the grocery store, bringing the kids, like, in the store. Shut up. No, you shut up. Going to the park and not feeling like um, we have to stay on their ass so hard, right. you know? We didn't that need them touching our asses. Sounded weird. Huh. But um, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And uh, just little things like that that people don't even, like, think about. They don't yeah. even think about doing that stuff. But that was just, like, our normal of... That was our normal well, I would life. see, like... Because I, I, I do a lot of the, like, going to the store and stuff because I'm already out. So it's like, well... Thank you. Yeah, and I don't mind it. Plus, I know, like, if I go to the store with a list, I'm going to get the list. And if you go to the store with a list, you're going to come back with the list times three. 3,000. <laughs> so I was like, no, 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 I'll go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I would go and see, like, a mom there with, like, four kids just going through the grocery store with, like, not even having to turn around to look where they are because they just follow her wherever. I, and there was a time less crazy. than a year ago, probably, where I'm like, I can't bring my kids to the grocery store. Right. And I remember, but like... But now it's great. They come with me all the time. And yeah. Like, they got pizza with you tonight at the pizza they place. Go, I try to take them as much as I can because they love to go. Mm -hmm. And honestly, they're 
They're so completely fine. Great. You, I don't have to think about it at all. I said, let's go. And we go in mm-hmm. and they do anything any other kid would do. They don't run off. They don't, they don't do, they don't have to worry about it at all. I, I know. And I remember like, um, and I don't know how long we went thinking they wouldn't be fine either because we were just caught in that rhythm. You yeah. Know? I don't know. But I do remember like talking to you like several times, just like seeing somebody with their kids like small kid just like out and about with them and not holding their hand and the kid is like 10 feet behind them but the kid like knows oh that's my parent I stay with them I don't go anywhere else I follow them and that we never had that it was always like just imagine Strapped always being on 10 and just your anxiety is through the roof because you're worried that they might run off. They might put something in their mouth that they shouldn't choke. They might do this. They might do that. They didn't. They weren't afraid of strangers. Nope. They weren't afraid of strangers. That was another thing. Blake would um, grab anyone's hand and walk off with them and be like, right. hey, because she's just was overly friendly to where she would just do that and that was a huge concern too yeah. that we had to work on and she didn't know the difference i mean she knew that we were the she people was just she being was nice. with all the time but she didn't know like you're the people i i am family with and i live with and this is just a random stranger everybody right. was everybody like there was no difference between me and a random guy at, at uh, the grocery store whatever yeah so that was hard but i mean and then we missed out on so many things. Like, we missed out on everything. Like uh, my family used to always go to like my nephew's like baseball or football games on the weekends. And like everybody we would, would go. go. Yeah. But we couldn't go because like my nieces and nephews, they would just run around and play like kids do at a baseball field like that. And you know, they wouldn't run off further than mm-hmm. you can see them. But we could never let them do that. So I was like, well, right. if we went, we would just be standing across on the other side of the field, just watching her so that she didn't run off. So I was like, well, there's no point in going because I know. And, and the sucky thing is, is when you, um, you keep saying no to invitations, right. you you stop being invited, yeah. <laughs> which sucks. Of course, there's always an open invitation. It kind of goes without being said. And they're probably thinking, well, we don't want to make them feel bad again for having to, or we don't want to make no. anything harder on them either. Yeah. But it, 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 that's the thing with all of this, though, is like there's all these emotions and there's all these different things you have to think about. And it's it's not like black and white. It's not simple at all. It's it's really hard. But I will say that, like we were just talking about, it's it's a lot easier and we're able to go places and do things. We went to Knott's Berry Farm last Christmas with the kids, which was awesome they it was loved cool it. but we were all like really sick so we we, we stayed were. as long as we could and they were like we're dying we have to get out of here yeah I we'll probably go breathe. back again this year but that was really fun and we're just we're able to to do more with them like they're gonna spend the night at my parents house again for the second time ever staying overnight at mm-hmm. anywhere um and their progression in general has just been so great like today um when I picked Blake up from school, the first thing that she wanted to show me was this picture that she drew, which she called it was Bird Town, which was oh, like, yeah. I want to frame that picture because it's, it's awesome. so good. It's just like um, all these pictures of um, birds that she drew with like little buildings. And then she's like, this bird is like the boss. Right. And I'll have to post a picture of it because I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's incredible. A piece of art caused me to have an emotional reaction. 
Is that normal? Before, like, like you, you said, like most kids would just gradually learn how to use, you know, learn penmanship and you learn how to hold a pen or a marker and draw something. She, that never happened naturally. She had to, like, teach herself almost what this thing is and how to use it and how to use her imagination. Like, right, there was no imagination there. There was no play. Uh, she had to be taught she all had to of be, that taught imaginative play there was none of it Mm -hmm. so for her to be making up a story and drawing it and then coming up with characters and names and who they are it's like it just it wasn't supposed to happen right you know they said she has no imaginative play i guess is what they would call it yeah Mm -hmm. so the fact that she's doing that now and i mean she makes up characters and records them on the computer and like Uh basically like does her own like monologues over them and acts out stuff and it's crazy and then Olive is just getting better and better every day and every day is just getting better and um at almost of course you would never ask for it but like it makes you appreciate everything like it's just so much more things that you would probably just take for granted things that would happen naturally everything has been earned oh my god everything has been earned it's Mm -hmm. not just happened so like every little thing gets uh, appreciated so much more so in that regard it's been better yeah but here's how sick and twisted my mind works so they're like doing so great and progressing and stuff that like when Blake is like having fun and like talking a lot and stuff I'm, I, my mind automatically goes to like what if something happens it's like going to a dark place this stops like I can never I sabotage my think i don't know just like you name it i'm just like because i have that i i think that way or at least i have i just i just think like stuff is so good what if something terrible happens now so now i'm just waiting for something but which is such an awful way to be (laughs) like it's not healthy in the slightest you don't want to not that you're going to make it happen with your thoughts, but like, no, a but you're not enjoying the time you know? that you have well, that's because true I'm too. going, Oh yeah, this is great. But also fuck. What if, um, I don't know. What I if thought you were happens? saying something else first. I, I used, I no. until very recently had that type of mindset. Just anytime my body would naturally start to enjoy something, my mind would like coming like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? Like, don't you remember? Like you, you're depressed or like, hey, what are you trying to have fun right now for Works on Monday, asshole. Yeah. Like, don't let yourself enjoy this time because something bad's coming later. I'm trying. I'm. I'm. I couldn't let myself thinking like that less, but I see a lot of shit online and Instagram and stuff that really freaks me out, and I'm trying to be on there less because. It I don't fucks look at anything up. that's not entertainment. That's I gotta for, do that for me. That for me, that's strictly what I use it for: entertainment. So. Yeah, I use Twitter a lot for like more informational stuff, but I oh, but I barely I tap into it just to get like, just to know what's going on, mm-hmm. and then I immediately just like look for a comedian's take on it to like lighten the mood, and then it's like okay, off now. Where's like the funny videos, or where's like what's my favorite artist doing, or because I, that's what it's for. I'm not gonna get on there and bum myself out. I use that to get away from that shit. Yeah. And some people might say, oh, you need to stay informed and whatever. And I totally agree. But to a point, you know, it takes a toll on you but I, and your psyche. Right. But I don't use my my forms of escape. Like, I can't let that seep into the thing I use with, for escapism. Like, 
I use that I in movies and TV to get away from it. Like, as much as I loved Handmaid's Tale in the beginning, it's like, I can't watch it anymore. Like, I, I know. I, it took I know. me so long to watch that because well, I just couldn't. It was too much. Because like, it's like, we're living it. I don't need to see it in this TV show now. Like, we're, we're, we're it's, I mean, of course not. It's not an exact parallel, but you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. So... That is our life in a nutshell. I'm trying to think of... Psych, we made that all up. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. No, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, if if anyone is thinking like, how the hell do you guys do this? We have help from my parents who help every day. Not so much anymore, but when Blake was really into the therapy... Um, my mom and dad would both come over here and they'd play with Olive. They'd take her to um, their house. They'd uh, play with her here in her room. They um, they helped me a lot. They came with me when I um, dropped Blake off at Social Skills at the ABA uh, place. And I just remember like so many times just like bawling in the car, just like, why is this happening? This... Is yeah, terrible. keep in mind, this is all happening on top of you really not being able to drive a car because of being in a terrible car accident like 10 years prior. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I was driving, but that was when she had to like come with me. Right, but also I, mean. I needed her to come with me because Olive was still small. So she would fall asleep in the car seat and I would just take Blake into the building and drop her off for the social skills. And It's then, all a nightmare scenario. It's it, This is my nightmare! I mean... But it's kind of laughable, like, all this shit is happening to us. Yeah, and like, it's are just you like, me? is like, this a I joke? I haven't done shit. This is insane. So I think a lot of times we had to, like, laugh shit off or try to find some sort of, like, humor in it. Because uh, if you don't, you will That's funny. Um, go over the edge. Like, lot, truly, you will. Kind of something you said earlier that... That's too funny. I didn't think about too much until now. I was like, yeah, well, I see people who I know are just human pieces of garbage. Yeah. And just getting everything their heart has ever desired happen to them. Just like right when they want it, they got everything. That stings. It's like, wait a minute. I know that person is a piece of shit and mm -hmm. they're getting everything they want in life. And I haven't done anything. And it's just piling on me every day. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Well, don't go down that hole. <laughs> no, I was saying like you can go that way. I don't you now. You can, and and we did, but now, um, I just think we're fortunate to be in the position that we are in now because, yes, they have progressed, so it's not as hard. But also, we don't take any of that shit for granted. We remember all of the crazy, insane, hard times that we had. That. Looking back, it feels like yesterday, but also it feels like it was 20 years ago. It's so well, weird. It, Time it, is so strange. Everything like in other aspects of my life, too, things are like compartmentalized. We're like, it's basically like a different life. Is that is that because it was in some way like traumatic? That could be, th that is a one way, one form of like dealing with trauma or it, it it definitely was traumatic. I, I remember yeah. just being and still am a lot of times just like in constant fear or dread of like what's coming, what's happening, what are we going to have to do? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, that feeling of like 
you've been called down to the principal's office, but like you're still waiting outside to be called in to get whatever punishment. Yes. Or whatever thing you're going to have to do. Yeah. It was always that feeling of like, we don't know what's happening, but we know like a terrible thing is going to be next or like anything we're going to have to do is not going to be pleasant. It's always going to come with the most hardship, at least from, from where we're sitting. Of course, it's harder for other people. Of course, but we're allowed to complain about our shit too. Yeah. I can only talk about what I'm dealing with. Right. But, um, to pretend like I remember where I was going with that. uh, I was just going to say, what were we talking about? (laughs) No. So you, you can get into that um, funk of... Funk is the problem and the solution. Being really bitter and angry, and I was for a really long time. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, but I will say something that has helped me. Um, this was before she was even diagnosed. I think it was like we were coming closer to that date before it happened. And I remember asking you this. I said, what if she does have autism? And like without a beat, you said it's not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. It's not going to. She has it, whether you call it that or not. So she has (laughs) whatever this thing is, Mm -hmm. like whatever she has, she has it. So whether it's It's not going to change anything, it's not going to change how we feel about her. We're not going to stop loving her. Nothing's going to change. And like duh of course like I just needed to hear that in that moment I think I it was like a oh my god like you're right well, literally nothing's, nothing's gonna, gonna change well yeah I know but I think I was just so worried because I don't I didn't know what it was I didn't yeah. know what we would have to do and go through um of course nothing's gonna change but I think I just needed to hear that from you at way, that moment a and I did way thank I you about it was like my head's killing me. What if I have a headache? Well, you you have your head's hurting. So if, if you have it, mm-hmm. whatever you you call it, whatever you want, like whatever, if it's being given a name or not, it doesn't change how she is. So she's not gonna all of a sudden be worse because they they gave it a name. So it can't get worse than what it is. It can only get better, and it wasn't too bad. So it's a way, you know, it's helped us grow so much as people and try to appreciate things that I definitely would have just taken for granted. And I probably may have taken for granted the kids maybe it uh, has, not completely, but in yeah, some aspects for sure, I it, wouldn't I, have celebrated as much. I think it has do. changed us in an, I don't want to say in a negative way, but this type of thing is definitely going to change you. Um, I don't feel like I'm as, carefree maybe as I once oh, was I don't in life. even know what it means to have a good time I think it changed us in that way um it aged fortunately us a lot. It, it aged us a lot I think it I, I and like I said because it became such a normal thing that it was like we just accepted like this is what it means to be an adult with kids like it's this hard it has to be this hard yeah and then you realize like everyone else seems to be breezing through it compared to us and like they're taking their kids just, camping and they're doing this we're just they're like going scraping on by vacations and we're just like wait how we can't even like go down the street so this doesn't even this is this has been constant every day you know it's all you do so you're not even allowed to have your own problems you know like yeah meanwhile you're spiraling out of control internally but it's like oh i can't deal with that i gotta focus on this of course they come first 
But the two things, I don't know how much longer you want to go about this. It's over an hour already. Okay. But the thing that I was the one of the hardest for me because before we had kids and we, we were talking about like wanting to have kids, I said I didn't want to because I was always sensed that like I, something was kind of off about me. Now, whether it doesn't matter where you think autism or anything like that comes from or what causes it or how whatever, I knew I had something off thing that to me seemed like I don't know what you would call it Mm -hmm. these symptoms though and I said I know that I feel that if I have kids I'm going to give them something like they're they're you know and when we they first said the club feet thing I was like well that's not what I was expecting but see right there that's what that's it and then Mm -hmm. when they said autism I said see fuck I did that you know I don't know what that is, but I was like, I know that what they're describing is de- basically describing me to a T, and now they're saying my daughter has it. And I said, I know this is going to happen, and I knew it. And, I, and so I feel like felt responsible for her for, for this for a long time, which you can't do. You can't and, uh, blame yourself for it. But, I mean, I did for a long time because it's like I said it before yeah. we ever got pregnant. I said I don't want kids because I don't – I know – I know something's going to be wrong. And I said, no, it's fine. <laughs> and it is fine. It you is know, fine. It's just not. You just, in the moment, it's a lot to, yeah, to, exactly. to take on. You know? uh, so, and then another thing, I don't know if you want that's all I had to say about that. But um, you had mentioned that, like, this isn't her identity and it's definitely not our identity either. Um, and that's, so we're not really involved with, like, parents of kids with autism groups or like not that that's negative in any way no we just haven't like gotten involved with local groups support groups or anything because not because i don't know it's like we we deal with it so much on a day-to-day basis um i don't for me personally i don't know how you feel you might feel the same way i don't want to spend any more of our time like dwelling on it or focusing on it like i want her to feel as typical normal as possible so if I, I want every all of us to feel feel that way. So I don't want to like make our whole life about the fact that our kids have autism. It, it's not my identity at all. I don't I don't even think about it. Like I said, it's just our normal. So it doesn't feel like something that we're dealing with, even though it is. But so not to, not to knock those things or anything. But in just in case somebody was wondering, like, are do you do those things? I we don't personally. But it's a, probably a really good resource for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't find, I don't. I feel like I deal with it all day long. It's the last thing I want to talk about. And I don't, and like, I don't want to talk about it with people, even if they're. But I'm not going to turn someone away if they do want to talk about it. No, no, no. In the right setting, of course. Yeah. But, um, and I, I, the main thing though was like, it's not our identity. Like, I, I wouldn't call myself an autism dad, even though I am. I, a father of kids with autism, it's not, I'm not going to wear their disability as my identity, you know, like, and I'm not saying like, that's a negative thing. or I'm not knocking people who do that, who have kids in the situation who now like it's become their whole life. Um, but you know what, that might be a luxury. I might be talking out of my ass because we have it a lot easier than a lot of people in the same situation because of how much the kids have progressed and how far along they are and how high functioning they are. So who knows? I could just be talking from a position. I am talking from a position of privilege. I have to admit that they're they're doing really well. So 
I kind of just want to like get on with our lives. I don't want to focus on it. Like it's what we do, you know, like it's not our thing. We're more than that. Yeah. It's right. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. My kids have autism. That doesn't make it my hobby. Mm -hmm. And it definitely doesn't define who I am. It definitely doesn't define who she is. It'd be like, is if somebody had two different colored eyes. Okay, so now all you can ever talk about is that. It's got to be the name of your YouTube page. As I, I know it's a more severe thing than that, but like, who, ca- who, who cares? Like, yeah. that's not what I am. Like, I have that. You know, it's like, uh, I have psoriasis too. Is I mean, I have to make a YouTube channel about it. Some people might, yeah. Fine, but like, that's not what I want to be pigeonholed as. With your pigeonhole ass. I agree. Ass. Anyway, just talking i wanted to make another point but now i completely forgot oh sorry no i it what time is it it's 10 45 p.m on a friday night it's october 25th this was supposed to be the first topic and we were going to segue into the fact that you know with this like we kind of talked about earlier you can get real isolated and feel alone and like lose contact with if you're a normal person and you had a friend group before this started, we didn't. But I gotta get some fucking friends. Real uh, That's another social episode. butterflies here. Well, I was gonna segue into that because we got an email from somebody asking, "How are you handling friendships now as an adult when you have kids and everything? Like, do you feel it is more difficult?" Uh, we'll read it, but I don't think we have time to do it now. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like a bonus episode. Don't hold me to that. But I'm just saying I want to wait another week to get into this because I prepared for it. Okay. Well, maybe we can do it But tomorrow. this is an hour 20 right now, so. Okay. Well. That's enough! Let's end this one and then we'll talk about it. Oh, you want to talk about it off the mic? And so we're not wasting people's precious time? Well, we can cut all this out. All right. So, look. If this one was a little bit uh, not interesting for you, that's okay. A lot of people, a lot of people were asking, like, please talk about that. So we figured we didn't want to ignore them anymore. So we put this one out there. It's a little bit different from the others. It's just one subject the whole way through. But yeah, and if you have any other questions about like specifics, um, we can answer them. Or you know, our feelings on X Y Z about it that we didn't answer in this episode. Then you can always. Um, send us a DM on Instagram or our email is hello at mom and dad podcast.com. Yeah. And again, uh, a serious thank you to the people who did yes. write in. Like it means a lot to us and we haven't responded. If we haven't responded yet, it's only cause we want to give you like the proper time that we think it deserves. So we are kind of running around crazy here all the time. So I want to yeah. get in like the right headspace to respond. So it's been read. You've been heard. It you definitely haven't been ignored. I know I've emailed shows and things in the past and not gotten responses, and it kind of feels shitty. So that's not what's happening here. We just want to give you a proper response. So hopefully we will respond as quickly as possible. So continue to write in and just, like we said, anything you want us to talk about, I don't know. We're out of ideas, so not really, but, you We're know, not out of ideas. It'd be, it, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. We're done here. That's it. We're going to wrap it up. And uh, Thanks, guys. Hopefully this wasn't too insane. Yeah, hopefully it's interesting if you have no connection to it. And if it's for the people who asked, you know, hopefully it's been insightful and helpful in some way. So, yeah, reach out. We'll be here next week. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.